Hi, welcome to episode four of Running Partners with me, Paul. And me, Alison. So first of all, just like to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the show and giving us feedback and suggestions for topics. We're going to pick up one of those topics today, which was suggested by Nigel a couple of weeks ago, who asked to kind of cover injuries um, so we're going to talk about injuries in a few different aspects today, both general sort of running injuries and, and also a bit more detail on things we've had some experience with. We're also uh, grateful to others who've suggested topics. Again, we're going to try and weave them into future shows. So we've been asked to pick up some detail around interval training, particularly around races and, and some, go into some of the detail of the sort of intervals you might do in preparation for a race. And some of the different types of runs and kind of what they mean, really, because there's quite a lot of different terminology around runs, so intervals, tempo, steady, that sort of thing. So we're going to do probably need a whole episode to do that. So we'll yeah. do that in future weeks, won't we? We will. Yeah, we got into a little bit of that in the first episode about the marathon, but probably not in much detail so yeah we'll go into real detail on that and then also we we're going to talk about fitting running in around busy family life so we'll probably say a little bit about that today actually because we're recording this episode during half term week so if you hear any children in in the background apologies for that but also we know that other people have other commitments whether it's you know uh, pets, uh, family members, you know, friends, these people who are single parents, all these kind of challenges and how do you kind of manage the demands of family life, work and all these sorts of things and running. So we'll, we will get into that in a future episode as well. So we've not got any uh, race results this week. We reported a few last week. We would love to hear from uh, listeners with your races and how you've got on. So if you email us at runningpartners at outlook.com with uh, any details of races that you've done, how you've got on, and we'll read it out in future episodes and and, uh, share your results with all the listeners, which would be fantastic. So before we get into talking about the uh, grisly subject of injuries, the main topic for today, we'll talk about our running for the week. So Alison, how's your running been going over the last seven days? Yeah, it's going okay, actually. I went for a couple of easy runs this week and I've been for a long run this week this morning actually and that went quite well so I did nearly 13 miles this morning with 50 minutes at 7.47 pace so I was quite pleased with that. I've not been that fit the last six months because of um, my back injury that we'll mm. talk a bit more about but I noticed after I'd done track this week We'd done almost identical, well, an identical session about a year earlier and I was about a minute slower. So we did five times one Ks with one minute rest and over the whole session, um, so obviously 5K session, I was one minute slower. So I was a bit... Disappointed with that. Yeah, it makes me a bit sad. But I think that in hindsight, I was at my fittest a year ago. So So how do you know or what what do you think? makes you think you were at your fittest a year ago and when you say your fittest are you on about sort of since you started running which was what 10 years ago something like that yeah I think so so I've looked at the stats on Strava and it claims that I was fitter quite a long time ago but I don't think it's accurate I don't know whether I've changed watches and things like that um but I think last year I did 
a marathon PB, half marathon PB, and a 10k PB. So that's a pretty uh, good yeah, sign. Yeah, and that so the, well. that track session that we did was in October, and I'd done a half marathon PB in June, and I'd done. I did a 10k PB in December. So I think I'm just going to go by that. As <laughs> That's fair being, enough. Yeah. Being my fittest. So it's, Yeah, it's interesting. We've talked a bit about it, haven't we? About like the indicators of fitness. And I think times and feel is probably as reliable as trusting things like the Strava fitness score. I mean, I've got a Garmin watch, which gives you a indication of fitness, which I think is a combination of distance time that you're running and your heart rate and the heart rate's taken from the wrist monitor now if that's not accurate I think that starts to give you indications of where your fitness is that might not be quite right and also I don't think it tolerates doing kind of long runs very well so it, when you get beyond marathon distance and doing ultras often it will tell you that your fitness is declining because you might be traveling a long distance but at quite a slow pace and it and even though your heart rate might be quite high because it's quite a uh, challenging activity over a period of time tells you your fitness is decreasing so you know when you've done a 40 mile run and it's took you seven hours to then be told that your detraining is not particularly motivating mm-hmm. so so I think they've probably the technology is helpful but perhaps uh, maybe races is as helpful as that and also maybe heart rate monitors are perhaps a more useful indicator than the risk based one but you know yeah, maybe, but they, they can be a bit uncomfortable and yeah, yeah. they can chafe and things like that. Well, so, so we'll, co- yeah, we'll come yeah, on to yeah. chafing. So I think, like, all in all, it's been a decent week and I think that my fitness has dropped. It's been the last six months, really. It's not been that year. Mm. And the last two months I've been consistently running and I think I can feel a bit of fitness coming back. So um, that's all good. So what about you and your running this week? Yeah, so my, mine's gone okay. So like, we, it's been half term, hasn't it? So mm. I've not worked much this week. So I did a little bit of work on Monday and Tuesday and then I've been off, off the week. So, and you've been in work. So I was, being self-employed means you can be flexible when you run, but I've kind of been getting up early this week to go out for a run um, deliberately early before you've gone to work, um, which is a, a bit of a shock to the system when, and also... The weather's not great, so now it's dark, so you're waking up before anyone else is up except the kitten. The kitten's always pleased pleased to see me first thing in the morning. So so I, I see her, we have a little chat, give her some food, and then I get myself organised and get out for a run um, while the sun's just coming up and, um, and then try and get it done. So I've done a few easy runs like that, and I suppose it's... I find it quite hard. I think it's quite a habit to get into going out early, I've done it in the past, a few years ago, where it was a regular thing. Almost every day I was going before before work. But once you're out of the habit, once your sleeping pattern changes, I find it's quite difficult to break that. So getting up, you know, when your body's used to, say, going for a run at, I don't know, midday or something like that, if you're squeezing it into the middle of a working day, to suddenly change that and to give a shot to your system where you're out jumping out of bed at 6.30 and out for your run, it's quite, it's not, it's not easy, but I would say the positives are... When you've done it, you feel great. You've kind of got the day ahead. You can often kind of use it as a bit of time to think about what you're going to do. So obviously I've had the kids this week, so I'm trying to think of like one or two activities to do in the day and that kind of running time helped me think with that. So yeah, so it's, it's I don't think it's a habit I'm going to get into. What Do you think that's one for you, a pre-work run you could no. do? A, 
No. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't like getting out of bed, so yeah. I've tried it. I, it has been something I've done once or twice, but I don't, I'm just not not very good at it either. So <laughs> okay. I don't like getting up and then I can't run very quickly. My legs don't work. So okay. Yeah. So well. Good. And then, so I've done some easy runs, and then the uh, the sessions I've done this week, the workout sessions. So I did one intervals that was a, a warm up and a cool down, but the interval session was two minutes of of hard running and two minutes of easy running times fifteen. So it was a combined total of an hour, an hour, just less than an hour, because f- fifteen intervals with fourteen recoveries, if that makes sense. And so, and I was trying to do those at. Uh, under six minute mile pace the challenge for me and we'll talk more about this in future episodes in the details around intervals is it, that consistency of pace is really difficult I find I'm um, you know start quickly try and maintain that through the middle and then I, I did blow up in the last co- couple of intervals but you know I, I I was just trying to put my all in and thought you know get the maximum benefit of it so I, so I enjoyed that in a way and then um, I'm going to do a long run at the weekend, so probably something around 16 or 17 miles with at least 11 or 12 miles of that around about my target marathon pace. So I'm really trying to get that volume up, and the logic is if I can do the intervals at probably 45, 50 seconds quicker than I'm trying to do the, the marathon pace runs, then hopefully over time the intervals should make the longer runs at my target pace a bit easier, but we'll obviously see how that works over the next uh, the next few months okay so we're going to get into the main topic of injuries today and it's it's kind of a tricky one isn't it because it's it, probably anyone who's run for a period of time will have had some sort of injury illness or something that's put them off the running and it could be quite sort of depressing can't it mm. and annoying that mm. you've got something you enjoy doing which is running you do it as often as you like and then suddenly completely out of the blue something interrupts that that sort of fun and enjoyment and you suddenly like thrust into this world of oh, searching the internet for solutions wondering what the problem is so so I think it's important we talk a little bit about it both in general terms and from our experience so Alison what's your kind of thoughts then around injuries mm, well I've had a few more injuries than you have haven't, haven't I probably um, yeah and yeah. I've had I've had a few minor injuries over the years mainly nothing major until recently things like runner's knee I know that the runner's knee well I found out afterwards it was called runner's knee because I'd been sitting cross with my legs crossed at work I think and then like finishing work and then running straight away and my kneecap was kind of not aligned properly and then sort of behind the knee got inflamed and sore and there's things like Achilles tendon soreness which is totally random sometimes I get out of bed and it, I can hardly walk and for no reason and then that just resolves on its own I've pulled my calf a couple of times you rolled your ankle that time oh, and you went running in I a did. rutted field yeah so it, it tip for anyone if you go running in a plowed field be careful yeah especially in in the in heat Devon. of summer yeah. when yeah. it's really really dry yeah I rolled my ankle and we were yeah. on a nice campsite. You could see the beach, just looked like mm-hmm. a nice gentle run across mm-hmm. the field down to the beach. And I said, all right, see you later, enjoy your run. Yeah. And uh, you were reappeared about 20 minutes later, limping. Yeah, yeah. I'd only got about half a mile <laughs> to like limp back. And then I left it for about a week. It was massively swollen. And then it sort of went grey. And then people started saying to me, I 
think you need to go it's and broken, check yeah. it out yeah. because yeah, you might did. have like a, a problem with it. So, so some injuries can be avoided if you think about the terrain mm. you're running on perhaps. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to running when injured, but carry on. Yeah, so, but I think all these things have been quite minor and I've generally resolved them by easing back off the running, maybe a bit of massage. And I have been to see physios, had sports massage and got some advice for, for these sort of minor things. But I know that some people have these injuries long-term, they keep coming back. And to be honest, I don't think that we can really tell you what to do about those. I think it's a, it's a physio thing, isn't it? That you, yeah. need, you need to consult your physio if you've got these problems that keep coming back. Um and it, I suppose we've all tried, we've tried, and I'm sure you will have tried this as well, is the rice, rice method, rest. Mm. Ice. Ice. Compression. Yeah. Compression <laughs> elevation. and elevation. Yeah, yeah, so I know at home, like if, you know, I'm looking for the frozen peas and I can't find them anywhere, mm. it usually indicates ice and sort of been for a run and yeah. got some sort of minor muscle sort of injury or, or in a joint that she's trying to uh, bring the inflammation down with so and that there must be some science behind that common advice because it's pretty that is that kind of mm. approach is quite consistent in the early stages of an injury and I guess at that stage you're probably just trying to work out is this something that with a bit of gentle encouragement will like go away on its own within a few days or a week or two or is it something have I done something more serious like you know damaged a tendon or broken you know damaged a bone broken an mm. ankle or whatever it is and you're just trying to distinguish between the two and I think you know it's probably ha- that that sort of thing is useful and we've tried that mm. generally as runners though we just want to plow on don't we and you know just kind of put it out to the back of our minds and sort of carry on and sometimes that works out mostly it doesn't it, yeah. it can make things worse so it's uh, just kind of weighing that up, isn't it? And being honest with yourself about things like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I suppose I'm terrible. I don't really like resting at all. So I, I do tend to plough on through kind of muscle aches and and strains. I play quite a bit of football and that's, that is, that can create a lot of pain around the groins and hips in particular. But I, I've kind of like, I've just got used to that. And then, and I, I suppose I enjoy the football as much as the running. So what I'm not going to do is not play football because I'm worried about it might impact on my running. But I do know people who have stopped other sports because they want to prioritise running. I've got friends who've stopped playing football because they're worried about it might cause an injury that stops them running a marathon. That That's not for me, but I do I do get that. It's probably a good time that if you have got a little niggle that you do have that chance to to have a rest um it might be a good time to kind of get the frozen peas out Mm. and and have a little bit of time off running if if you have got any of these things have Um, you when you've had time off running have you like tried other stuff and other activities and all that sort of thing i think i once tried to go swimming and i did do that for a bit and then i got bored and it you know i just prefer running really Mm. so i know some people do lots of cross training and you know into cycling and swimming and they can switch up which one they do to overcome injuries and things but it's not really something for me no and I suppose this is where like then it starts to can it can impact on people's kind of mental well-being as well can't it because you if you if you enjoy running and that's your main form of physical exercise 
suddenly that's taken away from me mm. for a period of time that might be unknown. You know, it might only end up being a few days or a week, but you don't know that at the time. And then you start getting worried and stressed, thinking, oh, I'm going to I want to be out of shape. I'm going to, you know, put weight on. I'm not going to do what I enjoy. And, and a lot of, in that short period of time, you might be suffering injury. You can kind of spiral into a lot of those thoughts. And I suppose, what? how do you... How do you avoid that sort of sense of, you know, oh, it's all going wrong and all these, you know, and, and then trying to jump into another activity that you might not actually like, like swimming, you know, is that, mm. your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that can happen. And I'll talk a bit more about sciatica in a minute, but that kind of happened to me when it first got quite bad that I was given various different bits of advice. And one of them that I tried was not running and I did get that sense of almost like my ad- identity had changed that sounds a bit bonkers but that I wasn't really a runner anymore because I was only not running for a few weeks but I couldn't really fully sort of take part in the running community if you know what I mean and then you start you know if you can't go to running club or you can't go with your friend running it can have a a big impact on it ways to sort of overcome that I guess I tried to sort of reframe it as a challenge really a challenge to kind of overcome the injury maybe you know looking at stats from last year and just working towards getting back up to those and having targets that are a bit further away in the distance and just kind of trying to keep positive about those next year yeah I mean that I think that's really good you say that you you're more you're much better than me, I guess, although I've not had many periods where I've, I have been injured. I've had one or two, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit in a minute about some of those, but sort of I'm more sort of probably get really frustrated in the moment and be telling you, oh, it's I've finished, you know, it's all, running's done, I can't do it anymore, it's all over sort of thing, and it, it's sort of a, I get that immediate sense of frustration and I, like, vocalise that, and that's not probably not, particularly helpful and I'm not sure I even believe it it's just a way of sort of trying to deal with my frustration at the time so and sometimes people around you end up on the on the like wrong end of that which which is not very nice but it's sort of it's all to do with that sense of when running as a sport becomes part of your identity like you said part of your daily routine in your daily life when that's like anything that you enjoy and is part of your daily routine if that's suddenly stopped it's sort of it's difficult Mm. so um, so yeah, do you want to say a bit about like you've talked about a few episodes, a bit about sciatica? Yeah, and, you're, you're, you're... and that was what Nigel he suggested a topic. I think Nigel has been suffering with back pain, so um, I feel his pain quite literally. So I've had sciatica for almost three years now, and it started as something quite mild. I thought I got a calf strain at first, so I went to see a physio, and he said, "Yeah, I think it's it's sciatica," um, and. I managed to sort of carry on with running, did some strength stuff. I think it helped a bit, but it was always sort of there in the background, but it didn't really bother me. And as I've said, I did PBs last year, so it didn't really affect my fitness or my running or anything like that. And then in March this year, it was just around, just before I did the Boston Marathon in April, about three weeks before, I had a bit of a back pain and then the sciatica just got really worse. So I've had quite a lot of pain for about six months 
and it's been quite long-winded but I've been to GP I've seen three physios so I paid privately for a physio took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of combination of paracetamol and yeah, ibuprofen yeah, over lots, that time lots of painkillers and kind of went to the GP really because I was taking so many painkillers and this you know probably shouldn't and be it was making you feel stuff. sick they made you feel yeah. sick so as I said I saw a private physio and then I've seen the physio the GP surgery and then musculoskeletal Mus- yeah. expert physio and I've had an MRI scan which has shown that I've got three bulging discs one of them isn't compressing the nerve two of them are compressing the nerve and one is prolapsed so the one right at the base of my spine S1 L5 is compressing the sciatic nerve on both sides so I think she was kind of surprised that I hadn't got pain in both legs but I guess the the human body (laughs) sort of accommodates that you know it's something that I think I'm gonna have to kind of just live with and hope that it gets better and it's hard to tell if it's getting better but over time I'm sort of optimistic that it is slightly getting better but I think low back pain in general is really common Mm. I think I did some work on it a few years ago and there isn't really a good solution for it pain wise or you know you can't just pop the disc back no, in surgery is not guaranteed solution no is and it's it? not very not very effective no. i don't think in general and i think that it's reserved for people that are completely debilitated which is fair enough because i can run and I just think it, I've got like less power in my left leg. Yeah. The physio said that my um, my reflexes are, are reduced in my left leg. Um, so I, I think that that's having an impact on how fast I can run. But I think it's something that you just have to kind of live with, really. Mm. I think like low back pain in general can just be really horrible. You know, people have to take painkillers and there's no sort of good painkiller. They've all got quite nasty side effects effects, yeah Yeah, so it's quite difficult but I think in general the advice is to carry on moving and to carry on running so that won't make it worse the advice is that you you can't do further damage by the activity of running yeah so that's what my physio has said to me that I can't do any damage to my spine by carrying on running with sciatica and it's just kind of if you've if you feeling pain then you should Get stop it. but um yeah that the advice and that goes for any sort of lower back pain that movement is kind of the first sort of line treatment mm. for from walking through to running i guess yeah. i suppose it kind of points out that like if you think there's something wrong and something persists over more than a few weeks goes into months like there probably is something wrong you know you you know you know your own body you know if things aren't quite right don't feel right this pain that won't go away like like any of these things it's like get it checked out and you've done that it's took a long time to get to the point where you're at um but i guess you've got now some degree of confidence that there is nothing more serious going on and also some indication of you're okay to carry on running but man, but consider your pain and also a bit more advice around pain management and which thing you know and how and you've learned about that so I think you know if, if things persist it's that getting it checked out so I was going to talk a little bit by my, my main experience of um of illness really rather than injury and and that's anemia so anemia is perhaps usually more common in in women than men I think but so for me I'd been this was probably about 18 months to two years ago. I was kind of running as normal, doing my sessions, doing my regular running. I just find I was getting more and more fatigued and I was doing runs and my paces were slowing down. And the kind of 
my reaction to that was to try and go harder. I was thinking, oh, I must not be putting like enough effort in. I need to try harder. So, I, and when I do another interval session, I try and push myself, but to the point where I was like having to stop in the middle of runs all the time. I was fatigued. I was on my haunches. I just couldn't really like understand it because I felt like I should be getting fitter and I felt like I was I was losing fitness despite you know all the exercise I was doing and whatnot so so I I so I went to the doctors and I felt a bit of a fraud really because I went to the doctors to say you know I've been running a lot and I'm tired and it sounds like a slight really crazy thing to say and you think you almost I felt like I was wasting the doctor's time a bit you know there's people with real problems real illnesses and I'm there saying well I'm running but I'm not quite able to do it as fast as I like and I don't feel great and uh, so to the doctor's credit he listened to me and I kind of described it in those terms I was quite honest and saying you know it's probably a minor problem and I couldn't really understand it but so he said well we'll do some blood tests just to check out if anything is going on but he said like oh it's probably a virus or probably you're just a bit tired a bit run down asking me if I've been busy at work and and things like that which I hadn't but um, but anyway (laughs) and uh, uh, so he did the blood tests and then came back and it and it showed that I had a below normal uh, blood count red blood count so did some more tests and unpicked that it was iron deficiency anemia so then I was kind of a bit worried um obviously cause didn't really understand what was causing it so why was I iron deficient and I think one of the commonest causes can be some blood loss with somewhere in your gastrointestinal system so I was sent off, referred to um, the gastroenterology department for camera investigations uh, <laughs> at both ends, let's say, um, different cameras. Um, but um, so that that took a bit of time, and all that time, I suppose you, I kind of felt all right, still feeling a bit tired. I did start on some um, ferrous sulfate, so to increase my elevate my iron levels back up to normal. Um, but, but I think before you that before you did get the ferrous sulfate, I think um, the GP was quite bemused by it, wasn't he? Because I think, like you say, it is more common in women, and I, th- I think that all these investigations happened because you were a man, didn't didn't they? Because I've had iron deficiency anemia, and I think that because I went along and probably said the same thing, but I said, oh, and I've also got heavy periods. The GP was kind of like, oh, well yeah you've probably got anemia had the test and prescribed ferrous sulfate where in in your case i think that he was more worried wasn't he that there would be a tumor or something like that yeah yeah some uh, some bleeding internal bleeding yeah yeah, exactly so so i had all the investigations um all all fine thankfully all clear so that took a few months to obviously go through that process but really good really good um experience actually in terms of um, the speed of it and feeling reassured uh, and then took the iron for probably six months something like that and then went back a couple of times for repeated blood tests and gradually over that time my iron levels returned to normal and then I could feel the difference in my running as well so I felt like more energized less fatigued so 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 again I suppose what that taught me is if you know we've all had days I think where a run doesn't go as well or like you're not feeling it and you're a bit disappointed but if these things persist over like run after run week after week that sort of thing it's probably an indication something's not quite right and you might feel like I do I was a bit embarrassed about going to the GP because you feel fit and healthy and you're probably an an active person in the GP's eyes but you know you know your own body if things don't feel right and it's worth worth 
asking for some support and some help. Yeah, and then some of the symptoms of anemia are quite weird. Like I know that when I had it, I was having palpitations mm. when I was running, which you know I never thought that it was anything to do with anemia, but I think that that is something that's been documented to being associated with anemia. It is a lot more common to have anemia in women, isn't it? So. Um, what yeah. do you think was contributing factors to you having it? It's hard, hard to know for sure. And they never really gave me an explanation. They just ruled serious things out, which was great, of course. But there is a condition where you can lose blood cells through heel striking that's common in high volume, high distance runners or people running marathons, ultra marathons where the heel striking deadens some of the blood cells and you lose the blood cells, which can then lead to anemia. So I think it could be something like that. I did have also, this is making me remember all these medical conditions. I said I've never had any problems. I have had a few over the years. I did have blood in my urine once when I went, I was was training for an ultra marathon and I went for like a 10 mile run in the morning, probably like seven in the morning, something like that before work. And then after work, I went for another 10 mile run. I was thinking, oh yeah, get a real hardcore ultra training in. And then it was later that night or the next morning, uh, there was blood in my urine. And so I was clearly worried about that. And again, went for a camera in another location. So um, (laughs) there's a lot of video footage of uh, inside my body, but you know, anyway, it's a different story, but that was all fine. And they put it down to um, the same sort of conditions. So blood cells appearing in the urine that were dead blood cells created by lots of running. So, but as ever, you don't know that, do you? So I can't self-diagnose that. It might be an explanation after, but the investigations are important. Otherwise, mm. you could think, oh, I, everything's fine, and it's not. Yeah, and this was during a period of time when you were doing a lot of ultras, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, so yeah. you'd done, like, 200-mile races in quite a yeah, short within, period of time. Yeah, so it's, like, yeah. sort of over a year, you'd done a lot of volume, hadn't you, and a lot of a lot of training runs that were long. Yeah, long you'd done, like, a 40-mile yeah, yeah. training yeah. run and things like that. So... It would make sense that it was related, related to that. To that. Yeah. And then I had one other thing I was going to mention today, which probably a common sort of problem, uh, or two things related really. So I've, I have asthma, but it's pretty well controlled. So I take um, a steroid inhaler periodically. I did have a period where I was taking it every day, but less so now. And then I rely on a sort of reliever inhaler as and when. If, and I find if I'm taking the reliever of the symptoms you know, if I start going needing it every week or something like that, then I need to make sure I take the preventer more often. So I've got a bit of a sort of self-management plan, which seems to work okay. But I do find at this time of year when coughs, colds become more prevalent, obviously COVID as well as in that kind of bank of, of respiratory conditions, that I do sometimes need the inhaler more. And so I, I do suffer a little bit with chest infections through the winter and I've probably got a bit more disciplined at not running as much if I've got a bad chest because I've found that I've tried that in the past where you've got a sort of a bit of a chesty cough. You think, well, the best thing to do is I'll get out, like get some fresh air in the lung, get the cough off the chest. But all that ends up happening is you might run for half a mile, a mile, and then have a massive coughing fit and turn around and come home. And then the final thing I just wanted to pick up for today's episode, Alison, is, is what do you think about like strength and conditioning as a uh, in relation to injuries and it's probably going back more to the sorts of injuries we're talking about muscle and 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 joint sort of pain can doing regular strength and conditioning work sort of help with that do you think well I think it 
can do, can't it? And I think that it is recommended for runners. I know that our running club has a strength and conditioning class once a week, which is something that would be helpful to go to, but it's something that it was difficult for, for me to fit in and, you know, with the kids and stuff. And I think that I have neglected it, but it is recommended for preventing injuries, isn't it? It's kind of something that I don't think necessarily sort of improves your running so much, but more prevents you from getting injuries so you're able to train more Keep consistently. Train. Yeah, and consistent yeah. training improves your running. I must say, like, personally, I'm not I'm not great at it. I have done it over the years and I've been consistent for a little while and then it drops off again. And especially getting older, I'm 45. So I think from about the age of 35 in women, you start losing some of that muscle strength and bone density problems come up and things like that so I think the advice is to do something maybe twice a week couple of times a week yeah Yeah, it's hard isn't it because the the kind of information is quite conflicting so I agree with you I don't think it necessarily improves your running or not nowhere near as much as doing interval sessions Mm. or you know um kind of increasing the volume of your running or doing a specific training plan but there is information out there that says you this you know these almost like people looking for these magic bullets or miracle cures that if you just do this routine uh, two minutes a day three times a week it'll kind of elevate you as to from you know into sort of um kipchoge you know this sort of thing and i i, I think there's always a balance with these things usually most things there'll be a benefit somewhere but it's trying to work out well like, is that how are how are you going to achieve that benefit and how are you going to fit it in but pretty much everyone who runs says the same thing which is oh i know i know i should do it i never really do it i don't enjoy it i don't do it as much as i should or what i do is i wait till i've been injured or something's gone wrong and then i start the sort of strength mm. and conditioning work as almost as an you you're searching for that magic cure so you think oh i've got to try all these stretches and exercises yeah. get the kind of swing the kind of kettlebell round and you know lift all the weights in the hope that it'll recover to feel full fitness in the first place but i think what you said at the start which is actually if you're doing a bit of this sort of strength and conditioning work and, and like body weight's fine is it for most of it you don't need to have a sort of full set of weights that you lift and all that sort of stuff do you do most of it free you know resistance of your own body weight to do the sort of squats and things like that yeah i mean we have got some small weights but i think they're like 1k weights and that you know that's enough for me i've got arms like pieces of string so you know it's uh that's quite hard work for me so yeah i think it's more the consistency isn't it in in doing a few different exercises and just pinning it down to a few that you can actually remember, not like, you know, a hundred different squats, yeah. types of squats and things like no. that. So I think it's just getting a routine yeah, that works like 20 for you minutes or whatever. Once, twice a week yeah. that's going to fit in and yeah. around you. And I think it, and, yeah, it can help injury yeah. prevention. And because running itself is like a strength exercise, mm. I think people kind of forget that, that, you know, the 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 motion of running will be building up your strength particularly around your glutes and your thighs and mm. you know and your upper body to some extent as well so you know that is a pretty good activity to be doing so it's about help bolstering that a little mm. bit rather than sort of turning in, you into sort of he-man or she-ra, she-ra. Um, and most of our weights are the the 1k weights now are used as paper weights and we've got a kettlebell somewhere but it just keeps yeah. being moved around and uh, yeah. by children mainly is mm. um and seems like a hazard so uh, not perhaps getting the use out of those okay so i think we've probably 
covered all we want to say around injuries today. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure people, other people have got more information about injuries. So let us know if there's, you know, you've had an experience that we can talk about. Talk about, learn from. Mm, learn from, yeah. Runningpartners at Outlook.com uh, is the best way to get in touch with us if there's anything you want to share that you want us to pick up in a future episode. And just a reminder, any races, uh, results um, you want us to talk about, email us and let us know and we will bring them into future shows okay is that it for today i think that's it for today all right thanks for listening guys hope you enjoyed the show bye for now bye thanks for listening to running partners we hope you enjoyed the show if you did please leave us a rating or review tell your friends and help us build the running partners community you can email us at runningpartners at outlook.com with any comments questions feedback or topics you want us to discuss on future episodes. You can find us on Instagram at 26.2 and Gris Running, and we're also on Strava, and all the links are in the show notes. See you soon for the next episode of Running Partners.